Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Coppreneur Path Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Wills, and I've got co-host Austin Mulsick here with me today. What's up, Austin? Good morning, Adam. How are we doing today? Everything is bright and shiny over here. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Here in Colorado as well. Um, Today, I'm pretty excited about our guest. I mean, I'm always excited about our guests, right? But um, today in particular, uh, we we have a special guest on who is not only a member of the Elieto CEO community, um, but is also a a client of ours at Breacher Marketing. And uh, we've gotten to know him quite well over the last several months. And I have really enjoyed working together with him. Why don't you go ahead and introduce who our guest is today? I'm going to keep hyping him up just a little bit more. Um, it, when don't I go, first don't go heard, too far, man, eh, keep, well. keep going, Austin, keep going. <laughs> when I first heard about him and what he was doing, I kind of sat there and scratched my head, and I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if this is going to work out and how that goes." And the longer or the more time that we spent together. And the more I started realizing how much of what he's doing is already in play that we haven't picked up on or, you know, consciously, um, the more excited I got. And so today from the briefing room, we have Mr. Jason Lewis and uh, I have several questions. Uh, Jason, how you doing? How you been? And can you tell us more about your rise training blocks and how you got this idea and what you're doing with them? Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be with you guys. Uh, Super excited to be on this podcast. I've probably listened to every episode you guys have, and now I'm here talking to you. That's so cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, my company's called... uh, What's that? I said starstruck. (laughs) Man, and what a loser set of stars to be struck by. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so my company's called The Briefing Room. Uh, and we provide rise training blocks, uh, for agencies to provide to their supervisors. So their supervisors can be rock stars in their own agency. So it's easy for them to provide training to their shift of officers during briefing or roll call. So that's what we do. So Jason, how exactly did you come up with this idea? I mean, was it because, uh, like me, you, you spent lots of time, uh, in your younger years in law enforcement, watching JD Buck Savage and, and you just missed uh, all, all those goofy videos and you wanted to do something like that or or is there really a, a different uh, genesis um, to this idea why, why do you say younger years like uh, like I'm not young right now well let's let's be honest I mean you've got more hair than I do but um, we both have we both have have some gray going on so <laughs> I, I have more than some gray holy smokes <laughs> Uh, so while I was working as my agency's in-service training supervisor, I'm a sergeant, I'm an active duty sergeant on my agency right now, and I was assigned to our training unit for four years. Uh, 
I realize there's a tremendous amount of shortcomings uh, in our training, way more than I had ever realized before. And I've been involved in training my entire career, primarily defensive tactics, use of force, that sort of thing. So uh, as part of that role, you go to trainings around the state and you meet tra other training coordinators uh, from throughout the country. And I realized everybody has the exact same shortcomings and almost nobody realizes it because we rely on state minimum standards to tell us what it is we need to know. But the truth is those standards are wholly inadequate. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they are. when you really look at it and you start reading case law, statutory law that's coming out, um, it's nowhere near adequate for what officers need. Uh, so I realized uh, budgets aren't getting any better. Uh, minimum state standards aren't getting any better. We as law enforcement have to come up with innovative ways to train our officers within the budgets that we have. And what better way to do that than to leverage the power of an agency's supervisors so that they can easily provide that leading edge training with virtually no effort. So that's, that's where the genesis for the briefing room came about. I think it's, um, it's a very much needed, um, thing, I guess <laughs> thing. I'm just going to use the word thing. Right. Um, but no, I, it's, it's really necessary because, uh, we talk about it all the time, but we get stuck in that. Um, that's the way we've always done it mentality. And, and you touched on minimum state standards there for a minute. And let's just be honest with each other. Those minimum state standards, not only are they wholly insufficient, but most of the time they are a product of political, uh, positioning, right? And and it's really just feel-good legislation that somebody wants to put their name on to say that they did something, yep. but it yep. really doesn't do anything to affect uh, the law enforcement industry and make us better as a whole. Yep, you're, 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 ab you're absolutely correct. And uh, all someone needs to do is start reading case law that comes out every single week, unbeknownst to most officers, uh, telling us what we can and can't do. And you realize that we are not being prepared for the challenges that we face today yeah now hold up sir yeah you're telling me that the yes. colorado model of meeting with the da for four hours once a year to cover all of the case law updates and all of the legislative updates is not enough unfortunately <laughs> that's correct uh absolutely austin okay i have a i have a quick question for both yeah. of you guys um very simple what do you call the guy who graduated at the, at the bottom of his class in med school is this a joke? Yeah, kind of. At the bottom of his class in med school. I don't know what. You call him doctor. <laughs> because. <laughs> now, if you knew that, would you go to him? <laughs> if you knew he graduated at the bottom of his class, would you go to him? I mean, well, he passed the minimum standards, I think, right? I think a lawyer right. joke was more appropriate here. Not. <laughs> you know, it's not just that, Austin. Yeah. It's even the guy that even even the cop that uh, was first in his in his class, right? The best. Do you think that? Let's use a, let's use a modern example. So last week, the Ninth Circuit came out with a decision on what level of force is using a uh, roadblock on a bicycle. Now, how many officers, even the ones it, that graduated at the top of their class, how many in the Ninth Circuit do you think today know what the Ninth Circuit said about using a roadblock on a bicycle? I'd say a handful of them yes. at best. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the ones that follow me on LinkedIn, but other than that, uh, nobody, because nobody's telling us. Nobody tells mm -hmm. us that these law that these case laws come out unless it's a huge uh, precedent case, like from the, you know the Supreme Court or something drastically changes from the Ninth Circuit. But you're responsible for all of it. You're not just responsible for for those huge major cases. You're responsible for knowing everything, and that's how they decide qualified immunity. And it's not just these new case laws. It's also the things you learned in the academy, right? I went to the academy 24, 23 years ago now, right? So uh, when's the last time uh, after the academy that you had uh, building searches and, and all your other training, uh, things that may not be included in your state minimum standards, when's, when's the last time you had all that training? Probably at the academy. So how much of that do you really remember uh, from way back then? N not much. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, you might get a refresher once a year or after a critical incident. That's right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So so why not equip our supervisors to uh, be able to go over that training and make it absolutely effortless for them to uh, to log into a website and immediately have access to training that they can give to their shift and just really quick, you know, two, three minute training and these little trickle, little trickle trainings, like micro training, essentially every, every time they work. So Jason, uh, for those that are listening and have heard us use the acronym rise a couple of times and maybe don't know what that means. Can you break that down? What is, what does rise mean? And how are these rise training blocks? Yeah, so every every training block that we have is well researched. It's informative. Uh, it's uh, short and it's engaging. So so rise, right? So the rise training blocks contain three components. The first one is a ninety second uh, professionally filmed uh, video that covers one simple topic. The second aspect is a key points worksheet. So. A supervisor only has to print out a worksheet and suddenly they have talking points that they can go over after the video to help them generate discussion with their shift. And then we provide all the resources that were used uh, in the making of that training block, plus additional resources for anyone who wants to go over uh, in additional detail uh, to learn more. So like on my shift, right, because I'm an active duty patrol sergeant, I have of course, I have some officers who, you know, they just want to listen to the training and be done with it. But I have a couple of guys that are very inquisitive and they want to know everything about everything. So having the resources like that, that uh, a su any supervisor can just give to them, give them the, the new case law plus uh, studies that were done and that sort of stuff uh, satisfies uh, those officers as well. Awesome. So you mentioned there you're still on duty, you're still yeah. an, an active full-time um, sergeant within your agency. And I got to tell you, Jason, quite honestly, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to stoke your ego even more here, but it's all right, Adam. I know it's all good. One of the things I love about you, man, um, is you have impressed me since the very beginning because you're, you're an action taker and you're a go-getter. Uh, and you've actually earned a bit of a reputation as that within my agency, amongst my team. Um, everybody actually compares the rest of our clients to you a lot of the time and says, oh, well, man. if they could only be an action taker like Jason and, and just <laughs> get a lot of pressure, it, right? Yeah, <laughs> but but it's true. And, and what amazes me the most out of that is that you are still working a full-time job in law enforcement, 
yet you have not um, sacrificed the attention that you put into starting and growing this business and getting it launched, but also your attention to quality as you do it, right? Like all of the, I've seen some of your videos. Um, I obviously have seen a lot of the the collateral that you've sent us to use in building your website and putting together other marketing materials and none of it sacrifices quality. So it amazes me that you are able to find the time and get after it because um, if I can just be frank here and, and, and for our audience that's listening, I know a lot of the time when I say things here, on the podcast, it's taken to heart by many of you that are regular listeners and you think that I'm pointing directly at you and calling you out on the show. And I'm not saying that's the case here, uh, but there are many other would-be or current copreneurs that are still on the job. And I hear all the time excuses of why they're not making progress because uh, they just can't because of work. And so it, I, th I find you to be inspiring uh, because of that. And I want to hear a little bit more in the few minutes we have left here before our break. Um, why, what have you done in order to stay on task, find the right balance and still get after it? Yeah, well, uh, one, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy because it's not easy. It's really, really, really hard. Um, and uh, it's, it's not just me, but everybody, you know, we have a whole team, a whole team of officers, you know, uh, my, my, my buddy and uh, partner, CJ Lombardi. Here's a shout out to CJ. He's going to love it when he hears this. Uh, what's up, CJ? But, <laughs> what's up, <laughs> CJ? But you know, we're all, we're all active duty and that has a lot of uh, positives and negatives. Uh, the positive is we talk about real problems that we're dealing with uh, today. It's not theory. It's not, you know, just some stuff we read. It's legit things that come up in the course of working and we go, you know something? I don't know. Let me, let me look into that. And it comes from that perspective, which I think is a huge, a huge difference and something that miss, is missing from a lot of training. But it's a negative because our time is limited. You know, uh, we all have families. Uh, we, we, we're all, you know, I'm on dawn shift right now, right? So it's 10.30 a.m., right now as we film this and I am on dawn shifts. So I get out, I work from 5 PM to 5 AM. So when I'm awake, all the other businesses are, are closed. Right. And then, uh, on my days off, I switch back to a day shift. So, uh, I have that, uh, that mind fog all the time while I'm on dawn shift. So, so that's what makes it hard. So, uh, the, the biggest thing for me, and it, sound, it sounds so simple, but it's just taking action on small things, right? So uh, I, I always have lists going. If you could see my whiteboard here to my right, you would see a huge list of things that I need to do. And every day I just make simple, simple goals on small little things that if I accomplish those things and I do that day after day after day, I will have accomplished the goals that I had set, uh, on my, on my whiteboard. So, uh, it is slower than if this was, you know, completely full time and I could work 18 hours a day on it. You know, that's what I would be doing if I didn't, if I wasn't full-time active duty, but I, I believe my active duty status and that of everybody else working on this gives us a, it's something very different, uh, and unique that we're able to provide to our subscribers. And I will say that it is, been just awesome working with you and seeing your material and seeing what's going on. Um, 
watching the video that you gave us to embed into your site, I'm looking around and I'm like, that is a modern briefing room. And everybody's dressed in modern police uniforms. And you even went so far as to put the briefing room shoulder patches on everybody in there. And it was so much better than some of the mainstream police online training where you go through and, hi, I was a cop for five years, four decades ago. And let me tell you what's going on now. Right. Like that was my, uh, that was my experience with my CJ professor in college that uh, didn't give me a whole lot of faith in continuing the course. Um, but it's, it's really noticeable. And I think this kind of also ties in with your micro training thing where you're talking just, Hey, you know what? We take a little bite, we take a little bite, we take a little bite. And then suddenly before you know it, the whole elephant's gone. Right. Um, smaller trainings that are more focused versus one massive training day, you know, every six months or every year, suddenly you look back and you're like, wow, look how far we've come. And I see that with all your content uh, that you've given us. I see that on all the content with LinkedIn. And it just makes me think of when Adam and I did the get off your tailpipe episode. It truly is just the embodiment. Here we go pointing fingers again. Um, CJ, I'll give you another shout out. This one, you know, it can be pointed at you, I guess. Um, It's just little steps, one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. And it's pretty awesome what you've done, man. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, we've all, all of us have been to those eight hour trainings, right? Where we, we learned maybe a couple things, hopefully, and we spent, we spent the whole day doing it. We didn't really need to. So the briefing room is all about short, quick uh, training uh, and little concepts built up uh, day after day after day. All right. Speaking of short and quick. Uh, oh man, that almost turned into a dirty joke. Hey, um, let's take a quick break and, uh, let's cut. See, there's no censorship on this show. Just saying, (laughs) okay, let's take a quick break here real fast and we'll come back. I want to talk to you a little bit about where we're at now with, uh, your business. I say we, because man, it's like you're part of the family. Um, but where we're at now with your business and the launch of things and your website and, and what that looks like going forward. So, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Hey, it's break time real quick. Are you interested in being a guest on the Copper Path podcast? Or do you know someone else who would be a good guest on the show? I'm always looking for copper who can share stories of their own copper journey, regardless of how early you are in that journey or how far along you are. I'm also looking for guests who don't necessarily have a law enforcement background, but can offer expert business and marketing advice. So if you would like to suggest a guest, or see about being featured yourself on an upcoming episode, please go to cpp.fm forward slash guest and fill out the quick five question form. Again, that's charlespaulpaul.frankmary forward slash guest and fill out the quick five question form. Welcome back, guys. We're in the second half of the episode with Jason Lewis talking about all great things training as we talked about before the break one little step forward every time gets you to somewhere much further down the path than you thought you would be if you just thought that you had to do one giant step at a time so jason as far as launching a business and promoting it and getting everything going in how are you handling all of that while you juggle your content your career uh uh, for me, it's uh, it's finding mentors, people who have been there before, 
you know, you guys, uh, Scott Savage is someone who helps me out tremendously. Shout out uh, to finding Scott. people. What's that? I said, shout out to Scott. Yeah. Shout out to Scott for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's finding people that can, that can help guide you so that you avoid making a lot of the mistakes because with our, uh, our limited time, we can't afford to be making uh, mistakes that other people have already learned. So, um, finding mentors has really helped, uh, set us up for success. And I would have made a ton more mistakes, things I would have done where either Adam or Scott or some other people said, you know, put the brakes on that and go this direction. And, and then of course you have to listen to them, right? You can't be stuck in your ways and just demand uh, that you do it. You have to be able to adjust. And so that, that's, that's what we're doing now and how we've come as far as we have, even though we haven't even launched yet, you know, it takes a lot of work to get up to where you can launch a business and do it legitimately. Like you said, we do not sacrifice quality at all. That's one thing, everyone that understands that they work for the briefing room, we will not sacrifice quality. So uh, it has to be top-notch training. Quality uh, has to be rise, right? Research, uh, informative, short, and engaging. For sure. Now, I actually just pulled up the podcast production calendar here as uh, we were chatting. And by the time this comes out, the briefing room will have been launched because mm-hmm. we're planning on a launch date of August 1st. Uh, and this, this episode won't actually come out until uh, mid to late August. Um, so you're listening to this episode. The briefing room is officially officially launched <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah. And so you'll want to go check that out. But, um, you know, every everything that's new, right? Uh, whether we're building a new uh, football stadium or whatever, right? We have to we have to tell people about it. We have to get out there and promote it. We have to get people to it. What are your thoughts uh, so far on what does launch look like? What is launch day? What happens after launch day? Uh, and and how, how are you going to approach driving awareness of the briefing room and its existence? Uh, well, the truth is, Adam, I have no idea. <laughs> but like with, mo- <laughs> like with most stuff in business, you know, I, you know, I think... Question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think I know, but I mean, I'm humble enough to know that I don't know, and it's going to be taking it by by ear a lot. Um, I've been doing a, 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 a lot of things on LinkedIn. You know, we have a lot of uh, ads and stuff that are that are uh, ready to be posted. Uh, I have a ton of, inf- of information that we make available uh, for free. Um, but how does how does launch look like, uh, you know, you know, boom, the website goes live. Well, what happens then? Do, do we suddenly have a thousand customers lining up? You know, I highly doubt it. Um, you know, uh, so that's what I wanted to ask you, Adam, is uh, what does it look like? You know, should you have a quote unquote launch party and, you know, an official day or does it even matter? You just switch on your website and you just keep going like you've already been going. What do you think? Yeah. The answer to that is yes, it absolutely matters. And and the simple fact that you're actually thinking about that puts you in a upper echelon category uh, that that most people don't. I mean, seriously, I, it, the, we, we like to refer to it as the field of dreams paradigm uh, within our team here at Breacher Marketing. Uh, we, we talk about it all the time of how do we address field of dreams the field of dreams paradigm with people, because unfortunately 
even as often as we say it uh, and bring it up, people have this idea in their mind that all I have to do is click a launch button and make my website go live and people are just going to show up to take advantage of what I have to offer. Right. Right. And the analogy I like to use because it is the field of dreams. uh, Let's imagine building a baseball stadium. uh, But you know, we didn't tell anybody about it, right? We can't expect that people are just going to line up in droves and show up because a new baseball stadium was built. And especially now you are already ahead of the game on this because you understood the importance of uh, following the story brand framework and writing copy and building a website that makes it clear to your audience what your offer is, how it can make their life better and how they can get it. Um, the, the But unfortunately, a lot of people will build a stadium and forget to put seats in it and forget to have a hot dog stand and a beer stand. Right. And then people do show up. Right. So this is the analogy of, I built a website that's crap that doesn't have things, the right information on it. And, uh, I maybe went out and paid a bunch of money for SEO strategy and social media ads. And I got people there but then they showed up and they're like, well, where's the seats and the hot dogs and the beer? And what do they do? They turn around and leave. Right. So mm-hmm. um, you you went about things the right way by making sure that that message was clear. Um, but now, like you said, we got to get people there. We got to get people to the stadium. Um, there's a ton of strategies uh, just from a launch perspective that we could do an entire episode on. We could probably do an entire series of episodes on. Um, but I will say this. The most important thing is, I mean, we're talking about awareness, right? Um, Right. We have to make sure that our best fit customers are aware that we exist and that we have a solution to their problem. Because the more of our best fit customers uh, that have awareness, the more customers we'll have in theory, right? Um, So how do we get people to know that we exist? Well, we have to get in front of wherever they are. And like I said, there's a ton of there's a ton of different options here. You and I actually just recently talked about um, direct mail and what a direct mail campaign might look like as part of your launch. And you know, you had asked me, well, should I should I be sending some sort of a flyer or a postcard to law enforcement agency supervisors in order to to drive awareness? And um, I'm going to throw this back at you, Jason, okay. to see how well you took notes. I I told you, yes, direct mail is a great strategy, but, and do you remember what that but was? Yeah, but you have to stand out. Um, You have to, it has to be different than what what everybody else is is sending. And and of course, you know, I I have a a bit of an advantage here because as the the training supervisor for, uh, you know, a a fairly decent sized agency, uh, I got to see what people would send me. So as soon as you said you have to stand out, well, I knew exactly what you were talking about that I needed to stand out from, which is the typical just direct mailer or the card style type uh, mailer. Yeah. So we had talked about, you know, um, sending something that actually has dimension to it rather than a flat card, right? Something that stands out when the, the sergeant or, you know, the lieutenant goes and grabs their mail from their box uh, something that's different, right? Something right. that actually causes them to pause and go, wait a second, what is this? And why did these people send it to me? Right. Um, right. And, and tying that object in to what you sent. So I gave you an example of how sometimes um, we'll send out to a prospect 
that has uh, been through our process and, and heard our pitch and uh, our offer, but they're still kind of, you know, they're, they're debating about it. Um, we'll send them a Rubik's cube and the Rubik's cube will actually be solved for them. And then I'll put a letter in there and say, Hey, um, we've solved this Rubik's cube for you because you know what, when you buy a Rubik's cube, it doesn't come with instructions and we know how to, to, to find that success. We're giving you the instructions. Uh, right. So, I mean, the idea is to kind of get into their OODA loop a bit, right? So the direct mail is great. Uh, I, I'll say here I, I real was, quick. I was just picturing Austin receiving a shipment of a thousand Rubik's cubes and him having to solve them on his own <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> My garage is uh, covered. I have a wall of blue stickers. I have a wall of green stickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can actually buy them pre-solved, but, oh, um, whew. yeah, <laughs> but, uh, uh, one other thing I want to touch on here real quick is we have to wrap up, but I- I'm going to tell you that still the easiest way to drive awareness. And, and this is exactly what we do with our clients who are on our, our roadmap plan. Um, our roadmap plan is where we just say, Hey, we've got the plan. We know what to do. We're going to just do all the things for you. One of the very first things we do after launch is we start putting social media ad spend behind uh, their lead generator, behind their sales funnel that we created for them. Um, and social media ads are still a really great way to drive instant awareness to your audience. And anybody that tells you Facebook ads don't work anymore, because I hear that going around a lot, um, they're, they're full of it. Um, maybe what they've been doing isn't working anymore, but Facebook ads do still work and they work really well as long as you adjust your tactics. Cause I mean, look, it's not in Facebook's best interest to have Facebook ads not works, right? I mean, like over 90% of their revenue comes from ads. So they want them to work for you because if they don't, then you're not going to buy ads, right? So um, the two ads, and this is what I'll close on is kind of uh, the, the last tip of what to do post-launch. You want to run two ads right off the bat. And those two ads, one is a retargeting ad, and then the other is a lookalike audience ad. So a retargeting ad means that anytime somebody comes to your website and trips the pixel on your website, then they will automatically start seeing your ads show up on Facebook and any other places that you do. That's what retargeting is. So if you ever gone to a website and then all of a sudden you start seeing their ads all over the place, that's retargeting, right? So it gives them the idea that, hey, not only... Um, not only are these guys squared away, but, um, they obviously, um, they, they have the budget for ad spend. They must be serious. They, they're, they're authoritative, right? But then the lookalike audience ad is where you can take a list and create what's called a lookalike audience from that list and start to target people based upon demographic information, such as, are you in law enforcement? Are you a supervisor in law enforcement? Do you live in a particular area? So those two types of ads, if you do nothing else, are going to drive impact for you um, right out of the gate and, and get uh, the awareness out there that you uh, you exist and you've launched this new product and you have an offer for them that solves their problem. That's great. Thank you, Adam. All right. I want to uh, give you a minute here, Jason. Give us some final thoughts on things uh, on your um, entrepreneurial experience and, and then let everybody know how they can connect with you. 
Uh, well, my entrepreneurial exp uh, experience so far, uh, it's been great, but it's been challenging. Uh, and if you're feeling challenged uh, in it, uh, believe me, you're not alone. We're all feeling that way. Um, I've met some some really great law enforcement entrepreneurs, uh, and everybody feels the exact same way. So it's not just you. We all feel it. It's just about uh, taking small steps forward uh, and, and making progress. You just have to keep making progress. Uh, to find us, uh, one is you can connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's Jason Lewis, L-O-U-I-S. Uh, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. We send a lot of information out uh, on LinkedIn, a lot of uh, briefing training ideas uh, that we send out. Um, so that's one way to connect with us. And then the other way is go to our website, which is thebriefingroom.com. Uh, on our site, we have uh, free videos available uh, that are meant specifically for officers and supervisors that give practical tips for reducing liability that we all know is inherent in uh, use of force incidents. Uh, and pretty soon, uh, we'll also have that for administrators. So just practical tips for how to reduce the liability and use of force. That's a series that's available on our website, which again is thebriefingroom.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Jason. Looking forward to big things to come from you. And uh, thanks for, uh, well, thanks just for being you, man. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Austin. I, I really appreciate you guys. Oh, good. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.